that it's my season. Come on, you got to declare that over your own life. I believe, hey, that it's my time. It's my time. It's my time. And I can feel it. Hey, what did he say? What did he say? He said, a breakthrough is in the room. It's yours if you want it. Hey, anticipating. God's getting ready to move. God's getting ready to move. <laughs> hey, y'all. Um, welcome to the Rosie Experience. Um, I am posting on YouTube and Spotify right now. So hello to all of my viewers. Um, God just gave me this message today that I just wanted to share with y'all. He said it's going to be big. It's going to be big. It doesn't matter where you are at right now. I live in the hood. I don't live in the everybody's shooting guns all day hood, but I mean, you might hear a gunshot or two every other week. I don't live in the everybody is out on the corner with their pants down hood, but I mean, if you drive a little further down the corner, you might see some crackheads on the street asking for some money. So no matter where I'm at, I still know that God has declared over my life. So I'm going to declare over my life that what is coming for me in this next season is going to be big. I love everything about my life right now because I realize that I have a chance to change my life. I'm at a point right now where I know that my decisions, my mindset, my choices, my values, my religion all determine where I go in life. I no longer blame my circumstances. I no longer blame my childhood. I no longer blame my parents. I no longer blame anybody who's done anything that I felt was wrong to me because I've wronged people as well, not purposely. I've never purposely wronged anyone, but I have wronged people. I have been in the wrong and I own that. I love so hard because I've never felt like I was loved properly. But then I sit back and think sometimes and I'm like, there are so many people who probably thought they were loving me properly and they just weren't. There are so many people who probably thought that they were being genuine with me, but it, they just weren't. It wasn't purposeful. So I understand that now because I've been in that position before where I really loved somebody and I'm not even speaking about a relationship because every relationship I've had, I ended that. But I've had friendships and even family members where I really had genuine love and care for someone. But they didn't understand my intentions or they didn't receive me the way that I was intending to come off. So they didn't want to talk to me anymore. So I understand like I've been through a lot of blunt trauma. I've talked about it on my podcast. You can always go back on my YouTube, on my Spotify Facebook, TikTok, whatever, and find the videos of my face swollen because I had a broken jaw and find the videos of me having bruises up and down my body because my baby daddy used to stump me. You could see so much things that have happened to me and you'll be like, wow, this girl's probably just going to be messed up forever. But the thing is, I have never let my circumstances define me. When I got my jaw broken in 2019, I had just had a C-section four months prior no, three months prior. And my jaw got broken. I was supposed to go to work that day. <laughs> but guess what I did? 
I got that surgery and then sent a video to my boss of my face and I was like, I'm sorry, I can't come to work because blah, 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 but I'll be to work tomorrow or whatever. And my boss was like, Rosemary, just chill. You don't have to come to work. And I'm like, yes, I do. I was working at a call center and a hair salon and I'm walking around with a swollen face. I wound up having to quit the call center because I couldn't really talk. I had a broken jaw, but the hair salon, I stayed there and my clients saw my face. I had so many clients asking me what they wanted me to do. And I'm like, nothing. I told everybody that I slammed my face in the car door. I didn't tell the truth about what happened to my face until two years later when I finally moved out of town because he broke my ribs later on after another C-section. So I've been the woman who seemed like she was never going to make it, who seemed like she was never going to get better. I remember when I worked at a hair salon in Wichita, Kansas, um, I was working with two ladies and a man and they used to get so mad at me all the time and tell me that I had this nasty attitude and I'm like no I don't they didn't know what I had going on at home but I'm like I don't have a nasty attitude I come to work I do my work every day my clients love me I always have people on my books I'm good and they're like no you have a nasty attitude we can tell on your face when something's wrong with you well, my baby daddy was coming up to my job asking for money. He would come up to my job with females. He would send females to my job. Like, he had a whole bunch of drama. And I never vocalized what was going on, but I would come back into the salon with, like, a stank face, I guess. I didn't purposely have a stank face, but I had a stank face. And so, they really was like, girl, what is wrong with you? And in my heart, in my head, I'm like, I'm coming to work. I'm doing my work. You and my business don't do that. That's how I was feeling. But at the end of the day... I was creating an environment that was not healthy at work and I wasn't even trying to. That's why I'm saying like you can accidentally do something. People can perceive your actions as something that you don't intend for them to be. I was being abused, but I was going to work and creating a hostile environment and I wasn't trying to do that. So now that I am at peace with myself, now that I've given my life to God, now that I am safe and free from all abuse, it's been two years. Um, I understand how your mindset determines how people view you. You can have so many talents. You can have so much potential. But if you have a bum mindset or a victim mindset or just a terrible mindset in general, always ready to pop off mindset, you're not going to come off like you have any value. Nobody is going to value you no matter how valuable you are. Nobody's going to value you if you don't even value yourself enough to check your attitude at the door. You got to check your attitude before you even leave your house. You don't bring whatever you got going on at home to work or anywhere else because at the end of the day, you can't change your circumstances if you bring in that there. You still got to work on your stuff at home. Yes, work on it, work on it. But if you bring that where you are going, you can't go nowhere. You're going to stay in the hood. You're going to stay in that abusive relationship. You're going to stay around all these folks because you are not changing your mind. Your atmosphere, your physicality is not going to change if your mind hasn't changed yet. And God said, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. He has big things for you. It's 2023. I left my abusive situation in 2021. Y'all, I would have never thought two years ago that I would be a single mother of four, well, five, because I have my nephew, a single mother of five, living like four hours away from my hometown, single, 
not not just single mother but actually single like not even giving anyone else energy and not drinking or smoking which is how i used to get through my day um a part of a leadership committee for single mothers um what else do i do oh working at a salon where i charge hourly for my work um i would have never thought that i would be where i'm at period two years ago because i felt like being in the situation i was in was the furthest i could go i knew i wanted to go further i knew i had more potential I knew that I trusted and believed in God, but I didn't know how to actually execute what I believed. I've always saw further than where I was at. And that's really what kept me, what kept me sane through all this. Cause I know people who've been through half of what I've been through and they crazy. They on drugs or they selling their body. They doing something and they don't see nothing better for themselves. They're not even trying. I've never allowed the world to swallow me up. I've never allowed the world to swallow me up. I've been down, down to the point where I wanted to give up. I almost took myself out a couple times and that's no cap, all facts. But my vision always came clearer when I looked at God. Every time I was to the point where I'm like, I don't want to do this no more. I'm tired. Why does da 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 keep happening to me? God always told me, what are you doing? And then I straighten up like, you're right. You're right, God. You're right. I'm in this situation because I wake up every day and choose to stay in this situation. Nothing is permanent. Your life can change in one drop of a dime. Nothing is permanent. You know how I know this? Let's rewind back to when I was 19. When I was 19, I got into my first relationship. We were together until I was 25. I was abused that whole time. I was in love with him though. Like he was perfect to me because I never had a relationship. It was perfect to me. Yeah, I had to hide bruises sometimes, but he loved me. Yeah, he was always cheating on me, but he loved me. Like there was so much that he did that was horrible, but it was perfect to me because I felt like I was the apple of his eye. I never thought that my life would get better. I remember so many nights where I would sit up crying because he wasn't answering my texts, wasn't answering my calls, blah, blah, blah. And I never called on Jesus. That was my problem. Then we'll fast forward to when I was 25 to 29. I'm with another guy. He broke my jaw after only being together for a year. We had three kids back to back. He was a cheater the whole time. He broke my ribs. I never thought I could get out of that situation either because that situation happened so close to my other situation. There was like a two or three month break in between the two. So I had been abused literally from the age of 19 to 29. That's 10 whole years. So I just assumed, hey, God made me this way. God made me the type of person who just attracts abusers. I have no choice but to be with abusers. That's literally, that's literally the concept that I made up in my head. Until I gave my life to Christ after I moved out of town and uh, I realized I'm the apple of his eye. I was choosing to be in the devil's eye. I was choosing to be the apple of the devil's eye. And the devil don't love nobody. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what he did. He stole my pride. He stole my talent. He stole my self-worth. He killed my self-respect. He killed my dreams. And he destroyed my life. He destroyed my body. He destroyed my innocence. 
But I allowed him to do that. I allowed him to. I've never been a bad person. I've never been malicious. I've never been a fighter. I've never been a cheater. I've never been a bad friend. I've never been a bad daughter, a bad nothing. I've always been good to everybody, but I've never reciprocated that. It's never been reciprocated to me. Let me take that back. I got friends who love me. My mama loves me. I know my dad loves me, but he has tainted love. He's literally a mirror view of the guys I've been with. So I have people who love me, but I've never felt like I was genuinely loved the same way that I love people. Let me say that. Because I, again, like what I said at the beginning of the video or the beginning of the podcast, sometimes people can have good intentions, but they can still come off ill to you. So I don't want to take that from anybody who does genuinely love me. I'm just saying that the way that I love, I don't feel like I've ever been loved the way that I love. That's just real. Like I got the type of love that I don't care what time it is at night and I don't care what your position is in my life. If you call me and you really need me, I am going to put on some clothes and come get you. I've done that multiple times for people. I've had people call me, oh yeah, I'm get, I'm into it with woot 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 can you come get me? I was pregnant, I got up in the middle of the night to come get them, and guess what? They disappeared while I was asleep. So I just wasted my time, energy, and gas. When I gotta go to work in a couple hours, just for you to just go back to the situation you just asked me to help you from. Like, I've done that. I've been that person. But then, when I didn't have a ride home from work because my baby daddy had uh, totaled my car, so I'm getting Ubers every day, spending $20 there, $20 back, $40 a day on Ubers. Um, I didn't have anybody that would give me a ride without gas and they wanted $20 too. I might as well get an Uber if I got to pay you 20. I didn't have anybody that would just hop up to come get my kids. I didn't have, no. So I understand that people love you and people do the things that they feel like they can do. But I have always made the people that I love an obligation to me. It has never been like, okay, I love you, but I'm not going to like extend myself for you. And I'm just so used to being around people like that. I've babysat for everybody I know. I can count on one hand how many people have babysat for me. So I say all of this to say that when you are a very genuine person your feelings get hurt easily but you can't allow the fact that you are a very timid and a very heartfelt person to stop you from growing you can't allow that because those same very people that you are helping who don't have the same heart as you they're going to get where they're going they're going to get where they're going because they understand that their eyes got to be on the prize if they want that they're going to go for that and they don't care who they got to step on to get there. You got to be more like that. It's okay to care about people, but care about people while you're moving. Don't stop moving to care about people because while you stop and moving to fix their crown, they're walking and you're still standing there and you're fixing the next person's crown. You're staying in the same spot, fixing everybody's crown and they all done passed you up. And now you all old and wrinkly and gray and don't feel like doing nothing. You ain't even got to be physically old. But you can get mentally old to the point that you just don't feel like doing nothing but getting high and going to sleep. Now you feel lost. Now you feel like you have no purpose. When in all actuality, you do still have a purpose because God created you for a purpose. He didn't create nobody for no reason. 
But if you allow the world to consume you and if you allow what people in the world want to control what you do, you're never going to get to that thing that God put you on the earth for. And it would suck to go to hell just because you spent your whole life helping other people. It would suck to go to hell because you didn't do what God wanted you to do on this earth. It would suck to go to hell because you spent your whole life drunk or high to try to get over the emotions that you shouldn't have even had because you shouldn't have been doing that stuff to begin with. I love everybody enough to let them know about God. But every time that I talk about God to people who knew me in the past, they just don't want to hear it, which is fine. But at the end of the day, I've grown up in God quickly. I've learned a lot about God quickly because not only do I actually read the Bible, but I'm a part of a Bible study where we, as we read the Bible, the Bible gets explained to us. And then outside of that, I spiritually, I've had my own personal acquaintances with God. I have the Holy Spirit that moves within me. When I caught the Holy Ghost for the first time, I had no control over my body. I had no control over my tongue. I was saying things in different languages. I don't know what I was saying. God had control of me and I just felt so serene. I felt the serenity. I was just smiling while I'm talking in tongue. I felt God's presence. He was right there with me. I felt him. I was driving. God took control of me. The Holy Spirit started moving, turned on the camera, and I'm speaking in tongue and clapping. Eyes closed. Got all the way home. 20 minute drive. God did that. I've had personal experiences with God where I should have been dead. I had just had a C-section. I was having many strokes every day because I was getting beat up. Getting beat up. This man knocked me to the ground, stumped me. Four times within a week. Broke my ribs. Fresh out of a C-section. It hadn't even been a full two months yet. I still was able to, to muster up the courage. I didn't die. <laughs> I still was able to muster up the courage to call my mother and tell her what was going on. She called the police, got me out of there. I moved out of town within a week. God did that. Because I know women from my hometown who done been abused and died in it. I know women who have been abused and just killed him. I know women who have been abused and told their family members and their family members came back and did something. I know women who have been abused and wound up getting shot because they stayed with them for so long that he felt like he owned them. That when they finally did leave, he came back and shot them. My baby daddy used to pull guns out on me all the time, multiple times a week. If it wasn't every day, it was multiple times a week. There was a point in time where he would take his Glock, take all the bullets out of it except for the one in the head, hand it to my one-year-old son and tell him to point it at me. My baby daddy was a very evil man. Um, he thought it was funny to cock his gun that didn't have a safety and aim it at me. Walk around the house aiming it at me. I used to be afraid of guns until I got with him. I used to have male friends when I was in high, in the high school, college, who would come to my house with their protection on them. And I would make them like, I would make them leave it in their car because I was afraid of guns. Then when I was with my ex-husband, he always had protection, but he hid it. He hid it in spots that I would never find because he knew I was afraid of guns. My ex-boyfriend thought it was funny that I was afraid of guns. So he would pull them out on me. He would leave them in the bed. He would leave them just random spots. And I'm like, we have toddlers. So I would have to grab his gun, even though I'm afraid of him. I don't know how to use it. It don't got a safety. It could go off on me. I would grab his gun and move it. And then he would knock me out for touching his gun. He would leave it on the floor while he would sleep on the couch and hit me for moving it. We have toddlers who wake up before us. Why would you do that? 
So I stopped being afraid of guns because I had to muster up the courage to not be afraid of them because otherwise anything could have happened. When you're dealing with a demon who acts like a child and you have children, you got to be the only adult in the house. You can't act like a child too because then everybody going to wind up dead. That's how kids wind up dead or hurt or missing all the time because there are parents who really are out here acting like kids. It baffles me how many parents really act like they're the same age as their toddlers. And so I, since I've always been a mature person and I was with a coward who was very immature, I had to learn how to, I had to not just learn because I already knew how to do it, but I never had to do it. I had to walk in my masculinity. I couldn't be feminine. I would get my hair done and then have to come home and fight. I would do my makeup and then have to get slapped in the face and be crying. So I stopped being feminine. Like most of my videos I would post, I just had a curly ponytail. I barely did anything to myself because I was in a war zone. I was always like having to fight. It didn't matter what was going on. This man would just slap me dead in my mouth for no reason. Punch me in my jaw for no reason. He was horrible. So God told me that my life was going to get better. I just didn't know how. And I remember getting mad at God one day, like, why am I still dealing with this? When is this going to end? Why are you doing this to me? And in 2021, when I finally moved and I went to a DV shelter in Kansas City, I realized that I need to start talking to God. So I would sing and talk to God. And he just really started giving me revelations. And that's when I started to get a lot of followers on TikTok. He told me that the situations I was in was not because I was a bad person. It was because I wasn't calling on him. God was doing so much in my life. I had so many chances to be out of the matrix, to be out of my financial situation. But I had a man in my life that was not good for me. So I never reached out for those opportunities. I had opportunities to be with men who actually cared about me, who were actually doing things in their lives, who were making six figures. But I always had a man who was doing nothing but draining me, taking my money, abusing me, cheating on me. I always had a man. I was never single for from 19 to 29. So I never had the chance to be swept up off my feet by a God-fearing man because I was always with the demon. God told me that everything that happened to me was for me to learn. I needed to grow. I was naive. I was very naive. I thought that everybody was genuine like me. And then once I realized they weren't genuine, they already knew everything about my life. You already in my house. You already got your whole family knowing where I stay, knowing where all my family stay. You already threatening me, pulling guns out on me. How can I leave you? I was stuck. I couldn't leave. I tried to leave. He would pull up to my, my friends or my family members' houses when I would leave him. I couldn't leave him. And I didn't want to cause a big scene, so I would just act like everything was cool. Just open the door for him. Or my family would open the door for him because they didn't know what was going on. So I lived my whole life afraid. But I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared of anybody because I realize that I am a spirit. I am not my hair. I am not this skin. I am not your expectation, no, no. But for real, <laughs> I'm not my body. I'm a spirit. I am the spirit that God made me to be. I am the person that God made me to be. I am going to leave an imprint. And the world will know 
I was here. I lived. I loved. I was here. I did. I've done everything that I wanted and it was more than I thought it would be. I will leave my mark so everyone will know I was here. Nah, but for real, y'all, um, I really love the Lord. He's taken me out of some very sick places, mentally, physically, emotionally. My health was to a point where I was about to die with every pregnancy. I almost died throughout my whole first pregnancy. I was throwing up every single day. I couldn't even eat. I lost 45 pounds instead of gaining weight. Um, I couldn't even drink water without throwing up. I was getting infusions four times a week. I was sick. The doctors were telling my husband that he they might have to he might have to choose between me and the baby. That after I had the baby. He didn't stop abusing me. He didn't stop cheating. So I left him. And guess what? I got pregnant again by someone that I was just telling y'all about. My ex-boyfriend that I had three kids with. And I was sick throughout that pregnancy. And I had her early too. I had my first baby early. I had her early. Almost died. Preeclampsia with both of them. Then with my son, my ex was so abusive that um, at 30 weeks I almost had my baby. My blood pressure was so high that I wound up being able to keep him full term until 37 weeks, but I was placed on bed rest at 30 weeks. And uh, my last baby, me and her were sick. I was abused for so long that it was just normal to me. So I wasn't eating. Everybody was like, oh, you look so good. You've lost so much weight. I lost all that weight because I was unhealthy. I gained it all back now because I'm healthy now. Um, all the weight that I had, not all of it, because I'm not as big as I used to be. Honestly, I'm not. But when I first moved to Kansas City, I was about 50 pounds lighter than I am right now. I had lost so much weight throughout those last four years where I was with my ex-boyfriend because I didn't want to be alive. Y'all, I stayed drunk and high the whole time. If I wasn't pregnant, I was drunk and high because... I hated my life and I didn't know how to change my life. And I just knew that if I stayed drunk or high, I'd be cool. And I wasn't hungry when I was high. So I smoked so much that I wasn't even hungry. Like smoking didn't make me hungry. Smoking made me feel full. So that's how my stomach was getting flat. That's how my body was getting small. That's why my face was so skinny. Because I couldn't eat. But now I'm able to eat and I've gained a lot of weight back. And so that's something that I would have had low self-esteem about, but I don't. I have the highest self-esteem I've ever had in my whole life, and I'm heavy right now. And the reason why is because I realized that I am not, I'm never going to be a skinny person. I don't want to be skinny, but I do know that there are things that I can do to make myself healthier, and I've been doing them. I've been eating healthy food. I don't eat beef or pork anymore, and sometimes I will eat some steak. But besides that, I don't eat beef or pork anymore. And with pork, sometimes I will eat pizza. Um, but it's not a daily thing to eat beef and pork for me. And I only eat chicken and seafood and ground turkey. And I don't even really eat ground turkey that often because it's kind of heavy on my stomach. So I really just mainly eat fish and chicken. 
I eat a lot of vegetables. I eat a lot of fruit. I make fruit smoothies in the morning. Well, vegetables and fruit smoothies in the morning. I don't make them every morning. But I take my kids to the park so I get a little bit of exercise in. But I'm working on me. I'm working on my health. But I'm at a point right now where I can work on my health. I thank God so much for the things that he saved me from. Because if I was still in my abusive situations that I was in, I didn't have time to be healthy. I was making sure that my kids wasn't getting killed. My baby daddy, y'all think I'm playing. I couldn't leave my kids with him for too long without him throwing a kid against the wall or something. But I had to work. So if daycare was closed, I had to leave them with him. I didn't have another babysitter. So um, and his mama had a really bad attitude too. I would leave my kids with her sometimes, but I didn't trust that either. So I was always making sure my kids were straight and I was always at work and I was always trying to just keep him happy. So I didn't have time to work on my health. It was easier to just not eat, to just not exercise, to just not take care of myself because I was always pregnant and I was tired. I was tired of getting hit. I was tired of getting abused. I was tired of getting bullied by a man that was living with me rent free. So God said that anything that I want, anything that I need is going to be big and it's going to happen. And I believe it. And I'm what better position could I be in right now? I don't have anybody forcing me to do anything I don't want to do. I have so much time to be in God's presence. I have so much time to live clean, to live healthy, to live right. And that's what I'm choosing to do. If I can change my life, then you can. Let me explain to y'all how I stopped cussing. I've been cussing my whole life. I've been cussing since I was in elementary. I ain't even gonna cap. I've always listened to music that was explicit. I've always listened to sexual music. I've always listened to gangster rap music. I could rap every YG song ever made. I could rap every Tupac song ever made. I could rap every Trina song, every Cardi B song. I could rap all of that for y'all. So what decided what decided whether or not I was going to keep living my life in hell was changing my atmosphere. So I turned off that music. I'm sorry, but I did. I'm not sorry. I deleted all the songs out of my phone, wiped my whole Apple music out and only downloaded Christian music. And on TikTok, I follow so many Christian artists. And once I heard a Christian artist named Caleb Gordon, I downloaded all his music. I love Caleb Gordon. Um, Corinne Hawthorne, I found her on YouTube. Um, Kirk Franklin, he's been a banker since I was a kid. I just was, I don't know. I have a lot of different Christian artists, rappers, and just worship music that I downloaded. All of their music. And for the past year, that's all I've listened to unless I was at work. Because, you know, when you're at work, you can't control what they play. But I've never worked anywhere that plays explicit music since I've been out here. Now, in Wichita, you know, I used to work for some people that used to play some stuff. But here, all the salons I worked at here, they don't play music that's explicit. So if it's something that I feel like is gonna taint my spirit, I won't sing along. I know the words to most songs, y'all. I'm, I'm a very lyrical person. I pay very close attention and I'm very analytical. So when I hear a song, I remember the words. I just, I can't help it. So there are so many songs that I know the words to that I just won't sing. If anything from Beyonce's Renaissance album comes on, I won't sing it. I've never listened to Renaissance, but they play her music up at that salon so much. I know the words to a lot of her songs. I don't sing them, though. If I'm not in agreement with it, I'm not going to sing it. 
I used to sing so many songs and I didn't agree with it. Like the city girls and stuff. They were funny. I used to laugh, but I'm singing this song and I don't agree with it. I'm not about to uh, be talking about where the bag at, where the bag at. I'm not about to be busting nothing wide open for nobody. I'm not about to be stealing nobody's man. I'm not about to be doing none of the stuff they talk about. I just thought it was Ratchet and Ratchet's always been cool with me. Trina was my favorite rapper since I was five. But now I realize if you're not in agreement with something, but you still listen to it, you're giving the devil legal rights to your body. So you will wind up doing things that you don't even agree with because of the music that you listen to. Because of the things that you utter out of your mouth. Because of the things that you watch. Because of the things that you come into agreement with. You are giving the devil legal rights to your soul. If you died right now, whatever you're doing right now is what you were in agreement with. And if it goes against God's will, God's not going to be the one who takes your soul. It's going to be the devil. And I understand that now. So that's why I'm very meticulous about what I do now. And I repent a lot. I don't cuss or nothing like that. But if I do anything that I know that God wouldn't find pleasing, I immediately ask him for forgiveness. I don't wait because the next second ain't promised. If I died, if a bullet came through this window and shot me in my head, I don't feel like I would go to hell because I'm not doing anything that God wouldn't be okay with. God gave me this voice. God wanted me to share my testimony. I make sure that everything I'm doing at all times of the day, if God decided to take me out right now, he would be pleased with me. That's the way I live my life now. You can't control what the world does. You can only control what you do. So even if you do walk in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah, if you don't know nothing about the Bible, even if you do walk into the middle of hell, people doing and saying crazy stuff if you are suited up with god if you got god's armor on from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet you could be standing right in front of the devil and he can't touch you be guarded in the word keep that bible in your heart the devil can't touch you so i don't care what people do i went to a comedy show it was dc young fly dl hughley cedric the entertainer earthquake and Mike Epps. I don't even watch any of those guys anymore. I used to. I used to love them. But I don't watch none of them no more. But I went because my sister bought me a ticket. And that is definitely not somewhere that a Christian should be at. I wanted to have camaraderie with my family. I hadn't saw them in so long. I see my family like once or twice a year. So I went. And I enjoyed myself with my family. But I didn't laugh at most of those jokes. I, that show was probably like three hours long. I probably laughed for about 10 minutes of it, if that. Reason being, DC Young Fly, the whole time, he talked about the church. And I don't even, I'm not even a religious, churchy person. I'm spiritual because I know that I'm a spirit and that God wants us to live our life like the Bible. God wants us to be the church. So I don't do that religious stuff. But, um... He was just talking about like this older woman at church, how they'll call the oldest woman that's in her 70s. And he was cussing. I think he even called her the B word at, at one point in time. And he acted it out. He acted it out pretty good. But he was acting out an old lady who they put her on the program. She didn't know they put her on the program. Funny. Would have been It would have been something I could have laughed at if he wasn't cussing the whole time. How dare you blaspheme God? You're talking about something that has to do with God. But you're cussing the whole time. 
And then he starts talking about his crackhead brother, which that part was funny. I laughed at that. And then he started talking about, um, oh, then he talked about his crackhead brother being at, at a, his dad's funeral. And then he started talking about, um, a crack a, or a cokehead that, um, lives in the neighborhood that's trying to explain to you why he is the way that he is. And DC Young Fly, you can tell that this man is a very talented actor just because how you really felt like he was the characters he was playing. So I don't take nothing from his talent. I just wish that he would have delivered it differently. Like you don't have to cuss your whole segment. The type of cuss words he was using, he didn't have to talk like that his whole segment because he's a very funny dude. He is authentically funny. You can make people laugh without cussing, especially as much as he did. And then um, Earthquake, he pretty much just talked about relationships and he talked about Christians a little bit too. And I don't know, Earthquake talked about sex a lot. It, it just what it just the world's gonna do what the world does. That was a worldly comedy show, and I knew what I was setting myself up for, but. I'm just letting y'all know, like, those guys were funny. They just weren't my type of funny. They weren't clean funny. I like clean comedy now. I used to like the nastiest comedy, like King, uh, what is it? The Kings of Comedy, Michael Collier, um, Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence. I used to watch all of these men and they were hilarious to me since I was little. My dad grew me up on Def Comedy Jam since I was little. So I didn't like anything that was clean. If there was not cuss words in it, I couldn't watch it. But once God transforms your mind, you become a new person. I went from not being able to watch or listen to anything without cuss words to now if it has cuss words in it, it bothers me. It becomes devalued. I don't want to listen to anything. If you can't come up with anything but cuss words or negative euphemisms, or if you can't come up with anything positive to say, I don't want to listen to you talk. I'm sorry. That's just not my cup of tea. So anyways, Mike Epps, he was really good at tying the whole show together. He would take like the last joke from what somebody said and transition it into the next person. And he kind of had his own little segment in between each segment. He was good, but like I said, just a lot of cussing. D.L. Hughley, he was very political. He was on point with a lot of stuff, but he did make a joke about Christians that I didn't like. He said that basically he left his bag inside of an Uber, and it was a Muslim's Uber, and the Muslim had to go do something for Ramadan, whatever he said. I don't, I don't know. I'm not Muslim, so I don't know what it is. But anyways, he said it was nighttime, and the Muslim came back and brought him his bag. He said none of his money was touched or nothing. He said, Muslims have integrity. He said, but if that was a Christian, they would have said, look at God. God did this for me. And they would have spent all his money and would have never answered his phone calls. And I thought that was kind of messed up to throw all Christians in a box. Like, oh, you're all Christians would have stole from me, but Muslims don't. It was a joke. It was a comedy show. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying, I didn't like that joke. Um, Cedric the Entertainer, he said that he's a part of the Lada Das, which basically he's saying people who still listen to R. Kelly on the sly. Um, but he, Cedric the Antenna has always had a dirty mouth. That's never changed. My thing is I've evolved. I'm 30 years old and I have evolved within a year. I just feel like there are some people who are older than me or even my age who should have evolved by now. Like I'm not going to put a time limit on people because everybody moves at their own pace, but it's like, when do you want to start evolving? I've been watching a lot of these comedians since I was little, since I was in diapers. 
y'all still talk the same 30 years later? Y'all haven't elevated y'all thinking? Most of y'all is grandpas now. Do you talk to your grandchildren with that mouth? Like, do when are we going to evolve into more spiritual people? When are we going to understand that everything that we do and say determines whether we go to heaven or hell? When are we going to start telling people that? When are we going to stop having baby Christians walking around thinking that it's okay to smoke, drink, cuss, LGBTQ, all this other stuff, and God's still going to accept you? When are we going to stop lying to people and tell them the real and tell them what's actually in the Bible? When are we going to start doing that? So that's just my thing. But I just realized that not everybody is ready right now, and that's fine. My brother was there, and I didn't even know how that was going to go because the last time me and my brother had a conversation on the phone, it, it kind of went south for me. He probably forgot about it. It didn't mean nothing to him. It was just a Tuesday to him. But to me, it meant a lot because I barely talk to my brother anymore. My brother has always been the type where what he wants is what's important. What everybody else wants, and eh. If he wants you at his house because he's having a thing, you better be there. But when you having a thing, he probably ain't going to answer his phone. Or if he does answer his phone, he's going to huff and puff and say, well, I got to do this and I got to do this. Like, that's him. He wants you to, for him, but he ain't going for nobody else. Um, but we had a conversation over the phone and he told me, he started it off asking me, how do I feel about white people? And I'm like, bruh, they are humans just like us. They are God's children just like us. But where do you think they came from? And then he just all that, talk, then he started talking about, um... Hebrew Israelites, which bothers me because that is redundant. Hebrews are from Israel. Hebrews and Israelites are the same thing. A Hebrew Israelite don't even make sense. The, the Israelite is just talking about their lineage. They are all named. They're all named by whoever the parent was. So anyways, he didn't understand that. So I'm just like, okay, whatever, dude. And then basically saying that black people are this, white people are this, da 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 And I just told him like this, listen, the only reason why Jesus was prophesied to come was because the black people that God placed on this earth to show other people how to make a way, how to get to heaven, how to treat people, how to love people, gave them those 10 commandments. Moses gave them those 10 commandments through God. They weren't living by those commandments. They weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. That's why Jesus came. So even if you are from the Hebrews, the Israelites, whatever you want to call it, even if you are from them, whatever, that don't matter. What matters is how are you building God's kingdom? God cares about who's in his kingdom. He don't care about what race you are. Because God created all people, we are all the human race. Everybody started off with dark skin. The further that we moved away from, from the sun, the lighter our skin got. Everybody is black. To be honest, everybody is our race. So it really don't matter. So when my brother really was talking to me about the Hebrew Israelite stuff, I just had to cut him off and just get biblical with it. And then he's like, well, I, wanna, I don't want to talk to a preacher. I want to talk to my sister. And I'm like, bro. You caught me talking about something biblical. What did you expect me to do? Laugh about it? I'm going to tell you the truth because I wouldn't be doing my part if I didn't tell you the truth. If you want to still walk around ignorant, that's on you. But God put the truth in my heart. God said, tell the truth, shame the devil. I'm going to tell the truth. I know the truth. I'm going to shame that devil in you that's sitting here telling you that you're a Hebrew Israelite and you're better than everybody. Because if you're not living the way that God wants you to live, it don't matter what race you think you are. It don't matter what lineage you think you come from. You're not going to heaven if you're not doing what God wants you to do. 
It don't matter. Race don't matter. Race is something that the population created so that they can control how we view each other, so that we can kill each other, so we can keep the rich rich and the poor poor. Race is just something that they tug on to play with us. Race don't matter. And he wasn't trying to hear that. So anyways, we haven't really talked since then. So I didn't really know how that was going to go, but everything was genuine. And I really honestly want to have genuine relationships with everybody because I'm a genuine person. I don't want to be, I don't want to have any sort of ill, ill feelings towards anyone. God told me that everything that he wants me to do, I am going to influence the nation. And with me influencing the nation, I have to be a positive person. I can't be walking around arguing with you, but I'm supposed to be walking around doing what Jesus wanted me to do. Jesus wasn't out here arguing with people. Jesus told you the truth. And if you didn't want to hear the truth, he walked away from you. Jesus got slapped in the face for telling the truth. All he did was turn the other cheek and say, okay, if you can tell me what I said wrong, then you're, then you were right to slap me. But if you can't, why did you strike me? Dude didn't have nothing to say because he knew he only slapped him because he wasn't ready to hear the truth. You can slap me all you want to with your words. Y'all out here slapping people because they telling you the truth, calling people out of their name because they telling you the truth. That's fine, baby. But that's not going to stop me from telling you the truth. The truth is within me. I'm going to spread the truth. If you don't want to hear the truth, you don't have to watch my videos. You don't have to listen to my podcast. You don't have to talk to me. But I'm going to tell you the truth, though. And that's just what it is. So I realized that when you're ready to elevate, you're going to lose a lot of people that you love. And that's just something that you cannot control. People that you love who aren't ready to elevate are going to want you to stay as that condensed version of yourself. Once you're ready to fly and they're not, they're going to clip your wings. That's why you got to get away. Because when people are so used to always having you at their disposal, they want to keep you at their disposal. I was everybody's babysitter. I was everybody's free hairstylist. I was everybody. You can come to my house and get whatever you want or need because I'm just going to go buy some more anyways. Now that I'm not that anymore, everybody has to pick up the pieces for themselves or find camaraderie with each other because I'm not there to be the glue for everybody. I was everybody's glue. I stayed back from Hollywood to stay in Wichita and be everybody's glue. I turned down the opportunity to go to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy to be going to the same school that Jason Derulo graduated from to be in Disney Channel and soap operas. I turned that down to stay in Wichita for my family when I was 17. I love my family, but it came a point where I had to love myself more. I was going through abuse. Nobody knew it, but nobody also asked. I was having babies back to back. Nobody cared enough to actually come and help me out. I didn't reach out for help because I was always in a sunken place, but nobody reached out and tried to help me. So I had to pick myself up. And now that I'm up and I love God so much and I realize that God has saved me through all of this and I go back and look at statuses from years ago and I see that I've always reached out to God. I've always reached out to him. I just never grabbed his hand when he reached back. Now that I grabbed his hand and I'm not letting go, I won't allow the world or anybody that I knew in the past to change the way that I feel. I won't allow the way that other people feel change my perception on life or change my love for God because that's not changing. I love myself and I love you enough to be real with you. And if you have a problem with that, that's not my problem. 
Thank you guys for tuning in. This is season six, episode four of The Rosie Experience. I did record this on Spotify and YouTube. And if you guys have any questions or if you guys want to follow me on my social media accounts, I'm The Rosie Experience on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I also am The Rosie Experience Hair on Instagram and Touched by Rosie on Facebook because I do hair. If you would like to follow me, you can go ahead and do that. Y'all have a blessed day and I want to thank you for tuning in to my podcast.